0: The reading is taken from Colossians 3, verse 12 to 17. Therefore, sorry, and that's on page 1184. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, good morning. Shall we pray as we begin? (coughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that you speak to us afresh this start of a new year. Would you open our hearts, our minds to know what it is to grow in our understanding of our identity in you and to grow in what it is to grow our characters to be like you. And We pray, would you pour out your spirit on each of us today, that you would speak to us and we would have lives that are transformed, that give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, happy new year. Happy New Year. If I haven't met you before, I'm Will, um, married to Sophie, and we've got the joy of leading the church with Tom and Megan, and you're so welcome here. If I've met you before, I'd love to get to know you more. Um, and we're in a new season at the start of the year, but I'd love to find out, did anyone do a New Year's resolution? Put your hand up, don't be afraid. Anyone? Come on. Hands up bold everyone else. no one, Put your hand up if you didn't like, put your hands up in church. Put your hands up and keep them up if you've kept your New Year's resolution. Okay, Vince at the back and a couple of others here. I, um, last year, I set a goal in a New Year's resolution of running 1,000 kilometers in a year. At the end of the year, I'd run 167 kilometers. I failed by 833 kilometers. And this year, i made it a bit easier for my, myself. I said, I'm going to run regularly. And um, we can judge how frequently that is. For some, that might be once a month. For me, it might be once a week at Denby's Park Run. You can join us as LPC Sports has launched there. But today, I want to talk to you about what our goal is the church for the year. We want to grow, obviously. We want to see more people know Jesus. But I really feel like the Lord wants to call us for everyone to be known and everyone to be grown in 2024. 20, 20, everyone known and everyone grown in 2024, and a call for us not to travel alone. So we're going to see that. So keep your Bibles open at that Colossians reading 1184. And we're going to see that today. So firstly, we're going to see there's a call for each of us in 2024 to be known by God, to be known by God. Verse 12 reads, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. I'll read it again. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Paul is writing to this church in Colossae. And for the first few chapters, he's been talking to them about their identity in Jesus, who they are in him. And in this passage, and in, we're reading today, he affirms their identity as being God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That their identity and their value isn't based on external things and circumstances, but it is based on their relationship and who they are. That they are God's chosen people. Their identity is in him. Because God sees everything. He knows everything. But there's a difference between knowing about someone and being known by someone. To having a relationship with. Paul will write, in a different letter to the church in, Corinthians, in Corinth, he writes, If anyone loves God, he is known by God. Because there's that difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. Up here is a, a favorite of mine. When I was 11, I was obsessed with Michael Owen. I don't know if anyone else was. He was number 18 for Liverpool. Um, and I could tell you all about him or things about him. So in his 216 appearances for Liverpool, he scored 118 goals, 40 goals for England. He scored for Stoke, Real Madrid, and I'm ashamed to say for United. And I loved him so much in one way that I remember going to a hairdresser as an 11-year-old and saying, can I have a Michael Owen haircut? They didn't really understand it, and the lady I barber just whipped my whole hair and shaved my hair off. It wasn't quite him. But I know about Michael Owen... But I'm not known and I'm not doing life with him. We don't do Christmas together. I know that he likes football and horse racing. Apart from that, I have no idea what his likes, his dislikes. He would have no idea who I am. I would walk past him. But I know about him. But I'm not known by him. And sometimes that can be like that with us and God. We know things about God. God, you say you're this, or I think you're this, but I don't really know you. Am I known by you? Do I know your love? Because you say, I'm holy and dearly loved. And that's our identity. Do we know things or are we known by the God who created the stars in the sky and who loves you to the cross and back? What would it be like if in 2024, we grew in our understanding what it is to be known by God? Our identity is fully found in him. Because when you come to Jesus, you are known by God. It's crazy, right? We Epiphanies today and like, is where we remember the wise men like celebrating, finding Jesus, and declaring him as born king. And yet that one who's born king, we can know personally. That in Psalms, he says he knows us by name, knows the hairs on our heads, and beyond that, you can journey in relationship with him. Because so often we try and gain our like, relationship or status through work. Maybe it's through a resolution like I had. I want to be a better version of myself in this year. You know, I'm going to run harder. I'm going to be in better shape. Maybe you've got a goal at work. I want to get that promotion. And that's where we find our value. But for the Colossian church then and for us now, our value is not in those things. It's in who are we? Who have we create, been created to be? And Paul makes it clear, and we should know, It's the fact that we're God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. That's how he sees us. And Jesus models it perfectly. I love looking through the Gospels and seeing how Jesus lived. You know, when it's times of busyness, but also times of quiet, he takes himself off. And he has this amazing ability just to be with the Father in prayer. And for you this year, I encourage you, where is your time just one-on-one with God? where you're spending time to get to know him better, to be known by him better. As a church, um, we're encouraging every single person to do the Bible with Nikki and Pippa Gumble. It's the re-advertised um, uh, Bible in one year. And it's an amazing tool. It's like an app that you can get in book form. And it journeys through the whole of scripture for a year. But it enables you to learn about God, to grow in knowledge of him, to know him better. And to be known by him, to know his likes, his dislikes. But you can know him. So I encourage everyone here to find a plan, find something. But do the Bible one year. It's not too late. It's the 7th of January. You can start. You can catch up a few days. But what does it mean for you to know God better this year? To be known by him and have him declare who he is over you. Because the assurance it gives me that my identity is found in Jesus will enable me in 2024 to go through the highs, but also the lows. Whether that be grief, whether it be sickness, or it be disappointment, I can know the Lord because of who he is, that my circumstances don't determine who I am, but God does. So let's let 2024 be a year that we're known by God. But we also want to be known by each other. In 2024, we want to be growing and we want to be known by each other because we're called not to be travel alone. In our passage if you see it you'll see it's been repeated each other together one another Paul repeats that about the church. And he writes to the church in Colossae he doesn't say God's chosen person. God's chosen person he said God's chosen people as a collective not a singular. And then that together one another is repeated over and over again. In the New Testament, 50 times it appears, the de- declaration of one another. It's used to describe a relationship in the church and between Christian brothers and sisters. We're instructed to love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, accept one another, bear one another's burdens, build each other up. And the only way you can obey that command is by doing life with one another. You can't do it by yourself. A Christian walk doesn't walk work if you're alone. We really do need each other. You know, God never meant for you to journey in life by yourself. When he sent people out, his disciples, he sent them out in pairs, and he journeyed with a collective. Because we want to be known by each other. We have a desire not just to be loved by God, but to be loved in community. You can look around, you can see the church, which is growing and it's filling up. And we're trying to find seats in different places. And if you're here over Christmas, you've seen over 1,500 people come to carol services, discovering and hearing about joy. And that's so exciting. But also, if we're honest, it can look around. You can see more and more faces. And there's a danger you can feel more and more alone. Because you can see it like growing. You're like, where are my people? Who's my crew? Who am I'm doing life with? But I love that. That key was a key part of Jesus' ministry, teaching to large crowds. And it'd be a key part for us, God willing, to reach people. But Jesus doesn't do life with 5,000. We don't, aren't called to do life with the 300, which might appear on a Sunday. Jesus models something different to you and I. You know, we're not j- designed to journey with that large number. And if you feel a bit anomalous, if you feel like you'd love to grow in community, and be known by other people this year. We're going to find a great group for you to join, that you can find your crew and find people to journey with. I remember growing up, every day before school, my dad would give um, my brother, sister, and I a little maxim as we left the door. And his favorite one was, don't travel alone. Don't travel alone. And good safety advice for a 6 and 8 and 11-year-old as we are off to school. But far more than that, there's a deeper spiritual meaning to it. But if I'm honest, I forgot that when I was studying medicine and I went to med school in Norwich. And um I try to do life on my own. I'd have my walk with the Lord, my one-on-one time. I'd occasionally dip into church, but i would really been quite like a spectator, watching other people do the stuff. And I'd go there when my sporting fixtures allowed. And then I felt quite alone. I'd see lots of people. And I was like, I know the Lord. I've grown up in a church. I find it quite hard here. And it was because I didn't have like a small group who I was journeying with, who were keeping me accountable, but who I could do life with. And what happened to my faith? That season, it drifts. And in my personal life, it really struggles. The difference it means when you're not spectating, but you're fully involved. And journeying with people who know you and want to call you out on things and call, do life with you is huge. Because our culture actually breeds a sort of an isolation Our culture feeds individualism. But what is the fruit of individualism? It's loneliness. And the more and more the culture goes down individualism, actually we've seen loneliness become rampant. And many people here will struggle in that, despite there being lots of people around them. And I love our Sunday services, full of life. And we want them to grow and we can plant services and plant churches. But we want to follow the pattern of Jesus, because we can't know and be known by everyone here. But Jesus journeyed with 12. He picked out 12. They weren't all the same, all different sorts of people, the tax collectors, the fishermen. He did life for three years intentionally with them, the highs, the lows, calling them out on some things, but like celebrating at a wedding, dancing. And that's what we want for our groups, to be places where you look at scripture, you build each other up, you grow in love for God, but love for each other. You have your friends that enable you not to feel that loneliness and that isolation. But 2024 be a year that you're known in community. And on top of that, Jesus had three special friends, Peter, James and John. And I love that, that he had actually had three people who were there at the highest points and their real deepest valleys. Mountain transfiguration, he's like glowing. And then when he's in the garden of Gethsemane, weeping blood, he's got his closest journey with him. And who is journeying with you this year? Who are your close people? You can be really vulnerable, honest. Take the mask off that you might wear and it's occasionally put on, on a Sunday, saying, Yeah, it's great. We had a wonderful Christmas. When really, if you're honest, it's been really hard. Like marriage might be really struggling at Christmas, the relationship with children just feels really strained. You're struggling to pay rent. You're trying to work out what this year looks like. But you say, yeah, I'm fine. But groups are a place where you can be really vulnerable and honest and authentic about how things are going. My favorite time of the week here at LPC is a Thursday morning at 7.15 a.m. There's a group of guys who gather here for strong coffee. And um, we look at some scriptures together. We're going through Romans. And there's not masses of us, but we're journeying through this book. And we're like sharpening each other as we're looking at these passages. And it's a place where it actually is becoming more and more vulnerable, where people are saying what they're struggling with, and we can pray into that. And so I'm really excited today we're launching groups at LPC. Groups will be these places where we long for everyone to be in one, where you can journey with people who will sharpen you, who will grow with you, who will do life with you, who will pray and celebrate with you when things are going well, and be there giving a meal when things are hard. And so at the end of the service, there'll be a practical response. There'll be a team at the back and encourage you to sign up to one of these groups. We've got groups meeting throughout the week in the mornings and in the evenings. Women's groups, men's groups, because sometimes that's really helpful. Mixed groups. We've got a big central group here on a Wednesday evening called Deeper. And we have m- multiple groups within a larger group. And we're going to be journeying through one of the Gospels. and but We want to grow in, in love with, of the Lord, but grow in knowledge and understanding of each other in that place. So can I encourage you to sign up to one of those things, try it out, and see the difference it will make to your life in this year, to be known in community. Because in the Colossians passage, it's a place, it talks about um, in verse 14, it's a place where they're going to have to bear with each other, forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's a place of openness, accountability, but it's not just going to be easy. You're going to journey with people who might be harder. And actually, that's cool. We need to journey with difference. We've got an intergenerational church and we'll have intergenerational groups in many ways here. But we want to be known authentically in those places. So be a place for honesty and integrity as well. So in 2024, if you're feeling like you want to grow in like that being known by other people, you want to have one, those buckets, in a sense, that one on one time with God filled up, that 300 times on Sundays also the 12 and the 3. that you're journeying in a group that can enable you to thrive this year. So this is 2024. We want to be known by God, known by each other authentically, but also grown. We want to grow in God. Let me ask you, who is the most important relationship in your life? What is that relationship? For some, it will be a close friend. Others, you might say it's a spouse. Others, you may have like, ranked your children, be it's my, my middle child. Um, <laughs> for me, my closest relationship isn't uh, most important one. is isn't um, with Johnny, who I love, our soon-to-be four-year-old. It isn't actually with Sophie, despite having an amazing wife. It's with God. And if I get that priority right and invest in the right one most... All the others are far better relationships. As I spend more time with Jesus, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better friend. And so this year, be the year that you invest your effort and your attention in God, that you would grow in him. Because our most important relationship will determine how we're shaped this year. I love in John's gospel where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. My sheep listen to my voice. I love them and they follow me. For each of us, there is value in reading books and we can recommend some good books. There's value in reading and listening to podcasts and great podcasts. But there's nothing better than spending time with the person you most love. And so do that with a Bible in a year or the equivalent. Spend time with God daily and regularly. Because we're God's children. We want to listen to him. Relationships break down when there's a breakdown in communication. Don't let that happen this year with you and God. Because how do you know someone better? It's by spending time with them. By listening to them. Discovering their likes their dislikes. But also discovering who you are in that relationship. Um. When Sophie and I were dating and we were at Durham, she was ill um, one particular time early on. And um, I was the second year, she was the first year, and I was living out in sort of one of the shared houses. And she was in college. And I remember turning up with like a a package. And um, like it was trying to be like a good boyfriend. So I'd like, you know, the chocolate, the magazine. And I was like, healthiness, come on, you want to get better? I'll give you some fruit. And I remember taking it and knocking on her door and seeing um, her roommate and Sophie. And she was like, I'll have this and this, but I don't want those. And, she, and I discovered at that moment, Sophie had a phobia of some, some types of fruit. So bananas are a no-go, but chocolate magazines are a winner. And then over the last 10 years, I've discovered more of who Sophie is, what she likes, what she dislikes. But we've grown not just in knowing things about each other, but knowing each other, growing in our time with each other. And the same way, when you read scripture, you, you get to know and grow in who God is. What gives him life? How he sees you and I? And what's the purpose for your life? But you can't do that if you're not spending time with him. Otherwise, we can have a danger of making up who Jesus is for us when he's revealed who he is to you and I. And we want to grow, ultimately, in love for him. I have a friend who put it like this. Your greatest need is to comprehend, comprehend how much Jesus loves you. Do you really think He that he would come down and die for you on the cross and then when you spend time with him, would frown at you for what you're doing? No. He looks on you with love. He longs to spend more time with you than you long to spend time with him. And for us in this year to grow in God is to grow in what it is to be loved by him to allow his love to permeate all of our being and our understanding. In 2024, to grow in that, be known by him, that he loves us to the bottom of our souls. He loves you and I. And the more we are known, the more we allow his love to permeate by his spirit, the more we will know how to love others and to love ourselves. If we want to grow in anything in this year, we want to grow in that understanding that we're loved and been known by him. And that will cause a greater love for everyone in Leatherhead. So in 2024, we want to pursue being knowing God better, knowing each other, to grow in God. And lastly, we want to grow in character. We want to grow in character in 2024. Johnny's got a favorite phrase at the moment, which is, when I am bigger, dot, dot, dot. When I am bigger, dot, dot, dot. So yesterday, no jokes, we're driving from Leatherhead to Ashdet. Five occasions when he's like, When I'm bigger, I'm going to be a firefighter who does this. I'm going to build a tower, this tool. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have horses. You know, it's all things of doing and having. And um, that's great in some respects. You want to inspire and you know, go for it. But for Sophie and I, what we long for, Johnny, isn't things and achievements, it's his character. I long that he would have a character like what Paul is calling us to put on in Colossians. When he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Maturity in faith isn't like a graph where you have time and you have maturity and it's like a straight line going up. The, lot, the older you are, the more mature in faith. no about knowing more. No, maturity looks like having a character after God's heart, that is more compassionate, more kind, more gentle, more humble, more patient. For this is the year where, if you're going to grow in anything, if you're going to have a resolution, have a character like that, that is known by others as being gentle, as being kind. What would happen to our marriages if we clothed ourselves daily with compassion, with a passion that moved into action for the other? What would our homes look like if we treated everyone with kindness? What would our workplaces look like if we were humble? What would our church look like if we were gentle? What would Leatherhead look like if we were patient? don't know about you, it would look so different. And wouldn't that give God glory? And wouldn't others be like, wow, is this what it is to follow Jesus? We want to grow in character this year. Tom shared a great quote with me this week from a guy called Mike Reeves, He says, you will become more like whatever you set your heart on this year. the start of the year, we want to set our hearts on Jesus. We want to surrender to God, the individualism, the eye-centeredness, to put him first, to come to God and ask him to fill us afresh with him, to clothe us with who he calls us to be.